my favorite memory of Choki when we lived together was uh, me and my dad were like deep into the climax of Deepwater Horizon, and <laughs> Choki was watching something on his laptop or phone or something with his headphones in, and he was just laughing hysterically as this dude had just gotten crushed by like a a crane on the on the oil rig, and like Jeez. it was like a very sad moment, and Choki was just like. <laughs> Like laughing at something else completely ruined the film. Oh, that deep water horizon. So. <laughs> Get me every time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a hilarious film. Good comedy. Yeah. I thought real it life, was. Real life comedy where people actually died and it shows like the, the photos of the real people at the end and Jokey's just still laughing at nothing. Um, Donnie Darko. Oh, movie all, all around me are some familiar yeah, faces. Depends on how you look at it. Oh, wow, I just noticed the Blu-ray is him holding Gretchen. Oh, that seems like kind of a spoiler. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, since we are talking about <laughs> Donnie Darko, it is back to <laughs> Ducky Has a Question. So oh, if yes. you guys don't mind, uh, buckle up, because this one is a doozy. Um, this one I was actually kind of surprised by. Uh, so, Donnie Darko. Who was originally offered the role of Donnie Darko? Was it Mark Wahlberg? Jason Schwartzman, Vince Vaughn, or Ryan Gosling. Nate, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this answer because it was the it was the face that was in my head when okay. you asked the question. I'm going with Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Okay. Okay. Ryan Gosling, Mark Wahlberg, Jason Schwartzman. Who was the other one? And Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. I mean, this was like in the height of his wedding crash, a little bit before his wedding crashers days. This is like, ah, man. I'm. It's got to be someone handsome. Twelve years before. No, wedding crashers. They're all handsome. Only like four years before. I mean, they're. I don't think Jason Schwartzman is that handsome, but. Um. Fair enough. (laughs) I'm gonna go Vince Vaughn. That's. I'm gonna go Vince Vaughn. I think that. They were like, oh, he could do a dramatic role, and then they saw that he couldn't, and then they moved on to Jake Gyllenhaal. Then they moved on to Psycho 1998. <laughs> and then it yeah. took like 20 years to make Cell Block 99, that movie, and then he can obviously do something dramatic. Yeah. Well, the person who was originally offered the role of Donnie Darko was, in fact, Vince Vaughn. Let's so fucking go! You got a Sorry. question correct. <laughs> Let's go! Time. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. No, I mean, Mark Wahlberg was, uh, and Jason Schwartzman, they were in consideration for the role. Um, Ryan Gosling is one that I just made up just because he's, like, the same age. Uh, so He seemed um, like he could be a good, yeah, like, dis- so. depressed teenager. I feel like no look. one knew who Ryan Gosling was in 2001, though. That's why yeah, I didn't pick him. Yeah, because the notebook was 2003, and that's what really blew him up. Yeah, that was kind of my thought process. And Vince Vaughn, and Half was Nelson like, was 2003 as well. He doesn't remember the Titans. An Oscar nomination. He was, but he was such a side character. Remember the Titans? Yeah, but he was awesome yeah. though. He's so the reason. But... He is the reason that PD comes in and gets the interception. Like he knows he's not good enough to play in the state championship, so he pulls himself out of the game. That is what the kind of guy that Ryan Gosling is. Thank you very much. Okay. Anyways, well, uh, well, congratulations, though. You did get the question correct, uh, so I don't know if you're keeping track at home. Seems tarnished um, now. But, but I feel like you haven't gotten a question right in a while, so... Um, no, Walden, I... Uh, did you? No, Me and him tied once because yeah, Spencer gave us the question. I don't think I've ever gotten yeah. a question fully correct and Nate didn't get it right. That, okay. that hasn't happened. That That's definitely cute. hasn't happened. 
Um, yep. But yeah, no, today's episode we're talking about Donnie Darko. This is the 4K Aero edition, the one that's really nice and thick. That thing, holy shit. Yeah, I like looked for that and they didn't have it. It's God. huge. It comes with a, literally a book, like a full-on book where you can read all about it. It has pictures, so if you just want to like keep it by your toilet, you can do that as well. A lot some of really some, small uh, some interviews and stuff like that. And yeah, it has two discs. One is the 4K uh, theatrical cut, and the other is the 4K director's cut. Uh, so there's two discs, and I mean, there's so much special features, and there's even, look at this, there's, there's a poster. I'm not going to unfold it, but full-on poster. Of, 27 uh, by 40? Could you actually put it in a frame? Donnie Darko. Or, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's probably 11 by 18. Not, not not a 27 by 40 <laughs> full theater poster into this edition. I'm always uh, super disappointed when I go to, like, Target, and they don't have the full-size posters, because, like, it looks so dinky on your wall if you're actually to put one of those up, like those five ninety nine posters yeah the really small ones really the ones they give out at uh like preview screenings or if you go to like the thursday night screening sometimes yeah, there's like a yeah, really yeah. tiny poster on a on a wall but they're they're, they're cool i mean I feel it's like cute it's like but like offense. it's always folded up um, really bad too like you just dispose of it in the parking lot on the way home it's just garbage anyway uh well yeah so i decided <laughs> to pick this because i first watched this on like dvd back when i was maybe 13 Everything went right over my head, and I wanted to kind of pretend like I understood it and liked it, um, but I really have not revisited since, and when it came out, when this edition came out, I bought it uh, at Bull Moose, I think I used points for it, uh, I got it half off, and I've waited for the moment to watch it, and this is kind of the time to do it. And you guys, I knew you guys have only seen it once, but yeah, what is your history with uh, Donnie Darko? I don't have much of a history. The only way that I realized that I'd seen this movie was as I was watching it this time around I was like I remember this but I have no idea when or what time I watched this or like what my thoughts were the first time around um so this may as well have just been a first time viewing I don't okay. know I, f- I feel like maybe we you recommended it and it was like John watch this movie and then maybe I started it but can't really place the time or place where I watched it but yeah Donnie Darko. Didn't really know much about it beforehand other than Jake Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Brother-sister duo were in the film. Uh, for some reason, Seth Rogen's in it. Drew Barrymore's in it. Like, I mean, star-studded cast, kind of, right? Like, before, everyone was, like, super famous, which is kind of cool. And, and then Rabbit was really freaky, obviously, on the cover. It's like, what the fuck is that? If, you're, if you've never seen this movie before, it's like, and you read the synopsis of this movie, it's pretty insane. Like, what am I getting into? And had you seen this movie before? Just once. I literally, that's all my history of it, is just watching it once. And the only thing I knew about it beforehand was on, like, some, like, Blu-ray previews where they'll be like, oh, this new Blu-ray transfer, and it shows a bunch of clips from a bunch of movies coming out. It was always the scene in the theater with Jake Gyllenhaal and the rabbit and whatnot. Yeah, sure. And just the rabbit turning its Mm -hmm. head type of thing. But other than that, no, I've just seen it the one time, and... uh I've got some thoughts. It's got a lot of, got a lot of so, deep and heavy stuff. It's also got a young Ashley Tisdale, a freaking. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. in maybe like one scene. She's basically a glorified extra. Uh, mm-hmm. but... The kid who plays on, Spencer on. on iCarly. Is he in it? I did notice <laughs> yeah. him. He is, he is in this movie. Which, is... which one is he? Is he one of uh, he... Jake Gyllenhaal's friends? No, he's the tall, skinny guy who asked Patrick Swayze a question. 
Yes. Because Ashley oh, Tisdale yes. also does. And okay. All right. Also, a chubby kid from Zoe 101 is also. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Just he's the one the casting agent just hanging around like Nickelodeon to Disney Channel or something? Or was that <laughs> That's basically what happened? Yeah, I, don't even, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought I was I thought I thought was having like a like a fever dream when I noticed all these like Nickelodeon people just like filing into this movie. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's pretty it. wild. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, if you guys uh, at home had never heard of this movie, it is called Donnie Darko. It came out in 2001 and is directed by Richard Kelly. Uh, he's done a couple other films. The only other films that he's done are Southland Tales and The Box. Uh, I've seen The Box. I oh. haven't seen Southland Tales, but both of them haven't really gotten good reviews, and he hasn't done a movie since. Apparently, he's spent the last, like, 15 years developing his own ideas and screenplays and stuff so i guess at some point he's gonna make them but uh he hasn't made a movie since 2009 he's in so hiding he's... like roman polanski right now for <laughs> some sort while. of undisclosed is... crime that's what he's... is the rock in <laughs> south end tales yeah uh it's like dwayne johnson uh sean william scott um a bunch of other people are in it as well it's like a I, dystopia futuristic that's... type movie um I didn't hear good things about it, but Arrow has a release of it on 4K. Um, but I don't know. It's it's another one of those movies that has like a director's cut and a theatrical cut. So uh, I don't know. I haven't really. The box is that Kate that. Hudson movie where like some guy shows up to Cameron her door. Diaz. Cameron Diaz, it's blonde act, blonde white actress, um, <laughs> shows up to the door with a box with a button. Have you seen this movie? Yes, I've seen this one. Okay, and he's like, press the button, and one person in the world will die, but you'll get like a million dollars or something like that. I can't remember what she gets, but yep. and she's like, it's like a huge dilemma or something. It, it's I remember it being a somewhat enjoyable thriller, but it's probably horrible. Like I probably saw it in two thousand six. Was like, this is awesome. Yeah, and it's then, one that I yeah. I have no recollection of, but um, that's all I yeah. remember is the dilemma she faces with that shit. Yeah. But Donnie Darko has a huge cast, as we kind of mentioned already. He has Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Patrick Swayze, Drew Barrymore. Has the film debut of Seth Rogen. His literally the first uh, line uh, uh, uh. that Seth Rogen has ever said in film is like, "Can I touch your boobs or nice boobs or something?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just standing like in the, your like, boobs. the field. I like your boobs. Yeah, that's his first yeah. line. I kind of just you know set the. At the bar there, <laughs> so very upfront. Like I respect yeah. that, but like, <laughs> right? Yeah, you think that she would respect that more, but nope. Bad. Didn't really. Um, right. But the IMDb IMDb plot is very vague. Uh, if you want to know it, it's after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. Has an 8.0 on IMDb, an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 80% audience, and a 4.0 on Letterboxd. So, very good reviews, I would say. Um, and this is yeah. one of those movies that also kind of premiered at Sundance back in 2001, I believe. And and uh, had a very, uh, I don't know, the word of mouth got around after that premiere in Sundance. A lot of discussion must, on this film. It, before we get into discussion, my question is, is it possible to discuss this film without fully spoiling it? I don't think it is. So Yes, there is. Yeah. I think this goes... I, I don't to want to say, be handcuffed just, <laughs> during this with discussion. With every discussion that we do, with every episode, I mean, they're full 45 minutes to an hour. The best way to enjoy these episodes that we do is if you have seen this movie before, whether it's recently or if it's been a while. Definitely. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're going to have to talk about specifics and get into the plot, so... 
with every episode, there's going to be mild to full on spoilers. If we want to save stuff, we'll go. We'll say, hey, full spoilers. But that being said, I mean, expect mild spoilers. If you want non-spoilers, Mainstream Boys is more of a yeah. general look into film. And this one is much. We're breaking down the film and the physical media and special features and whatnot if it, if it warrants there's, it. So. there's too much going on here for us yeah, to yeah. Sure ignore. It's not possible. Like, we've said everything we can say without spoiling it pretty much already. So... <laughs> <laughs> we fairly got into the discussion. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah, on so everyone's second time with Donnie Darko. Nate, how was this rewatch? This rewatch was it was something because I I kind of remember what happened, just not the sequence that it did, and I remember the first time watching it some things that just didn't make any sense like what Patrick Swayze's whole character was and what the point of him being there was and um Mother Death or whatever her name is um Mrs. Death Grandma Death I think Grandma Death yeah. yeah um and just a bunch of weird things that on a first watch you don't think click and then you watch it the second time and the third time and the fourth time and it all just kind of clicks together so it's it's very heavy in its subject matter and it's very dark like it's not a dark movie aesthetically but just the themes and some of the sequences with jake gyllenhaal in his bathroom just looking at the mirror like that's such a creepy look that he's got on his face all the time talking to this giant rabbit whenever <laughs> the he's most ferocious looking rabbit <laughs> jake gyllenhaal this for how old was he this like 20 years old or something yeah yeah about 20 so i, I guess you don't wouldn't say a like shot a teen actor or anything but he's still young and gave a really good performance for 20 years old like at the still... time i think all he had done was like bubble boy and october sky and then yeah. this october one really i think kind of put him on the map yeah. so yeah no he just kind of this this launched him into stardom i would say yeah no it's just there's so much i just want to get into i'm just trying to like keep it just give my overall thoughts on like oh yeah oh yeah you're just um i'm gonna have to rewatch it literally just for the ashley tisdale cameo is this before the nose job definitely before (laughs) she's like she might be like 14 in this gotcha 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 okay um yeah for i guess you could say this is a second viewing or like a 1.5 1.5 I don't know it's 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 we'll just call it a first viewing I mean I basically was watching it and was like okay wait I remember this like jet engine thing and then obviously the rabbit and then some other plot points Patrick Swayze being in the movie I remember all that stuff but the the general like what was really happening with the the universes and the hallucinations and kind of everything there basically all new to me this time around um this is a movie that you you really do have to watch multiple times to kind of understand what's happening. Because I kind of sat there as the credits were rolling, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like trying trying to like gather without looking anything up to an understanding of what I felt happened, and I was pretty blank. Like I I just didn't really know um, because at the surface level, there it's trying to make you kind of feel one way. Um, but there's so many hints throughout the film to show you what's really going on. 
um it kind of reminds me a little bit like the sixth sense where like they are like hinting at things throughout the movie and then on a rewatch you're like okay yeah i totally i I get what's happening in this movie there's so much more happening than the sixth sense i mean it's there's religious undertones there's fucking like time travel like there's there's a lot going on here that i can understand why this film is like a a talking point for people because it's it it requires some deciphering to actually figure out and understand and appreciate it's an absolutely wild movie because there is no way you can watch this movie on your first watch and when it ends and the credits are rolling like you said and you fully get it there's no way Mm-mm. absolutely no way you have to Mm-mm. watch this movie multiple times if not just maybe a second time uh to really understand what is going on here because when you're first watching it, you're almost kind of frustrated. Like, whether you're enjoying the movie or not, nevertheless, you are kind of frustrated just by the story and being like, what is happening here? Because there's so much interesting things going on with everybody in this town. I mean, with Patrick Swayze and his, like, seminars and with Jake Gyllenhaal being uh, kind of manipulated to do these crimes, like flood the school and... um and also, like, he even has these, like, superhuman powers in a sense because, like, how else was that axe in that brass statue, like, so heavily? Like, he had, right. like, super strength or something there. And then he has these, like, yeah, like, these visions and he sees these, like, people with the, uh, like, that, like, kind of weird James Almost Cameron Terminator like, like, yeah, just, like, effect when they're sticking out their chests and stuff. And, yeah, it's just yeah, weird. Yeah. Like, what is, you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> when you're watching this movie but the i mean this is one of those movies where there's so many different articles and videos that kind of have done like analysis of the story and the meaning and explain and stuff like that so you can go down different rabbit holes <laughs> and <laughs> kind of under, like try to get different theories of what's wow going that on was really this. frank yeah Ooh, nice because like there's even like articles about like how Donnie Darko is a superhero movie, just given his name, Donnie Darko. That's kind of like a superhero like it's uh, referenced name in the in film. A, in a sense, yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, yeah. he has these like powers, and like he gets uh, a chance to manipulate this like tangent universe and whatnot. So it's 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 so weird that this little independent movie swung for the fences like no other, <laughs> and just dove into these themes and ideas that you hadn't really seen with a budget of four and a half million dollars. Like that's pretty crazy. That's um, pretty noticeable too as well. That's is amazing. The budget, the budget is absolutely yeah. noticeable. Two thousand one. Um but yeah. it, it's kind of neither here nor there because of the concepts that it's it's tackling. You don't really care about kind of how horrible the special effects are in this movie because they're used sparingly. Are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> this is disgusting disgusting dude it's strong it's not like a regular truly spencer's that drinking a truly bleach. extra for context yeah it, it's not great leech but... i am dumping that down the drain okay sorry <laughs> i i would drink it now if you could physically hand it to me i would i would definitely pound that i got 30 more minutes so i'll do okay. it again <laughs> it is it is crazy i mean the, the amount of kind of i i watched so many kind of explained videos that i the, after the first one i watched I was like oh because i didn't even really realize the whole multi-universe thing because at at a again like i keep saying it but at a surface level you think okay it's a guy with schizophrenia and you kind of just write it off that he's just like seeing things but that's really not what's happening i know spencer watched the director's cut but i saw in a video that the director's cut reveals that the pills he's taking are actually placebos and that's not revealed in the theatrical cut the one that i watched 
So that actually proves right then and there that it's not hallucinations and that what is actually happening is really happening. So that kind of blows the whole movie out of the water where all this interdimensional time travel and universe stuff is is legit and it's not just all in his head potentially yes because i kind of wish you didn't say that because i want (laughs) to see the director's cut well that's the only thing i know about the director's cut is that one line revealed in the uh like one of his therapy sessions is that here's the thing after have after i've watched the theatrical cut and the director's cut i think the theatrical cut is the superior movie for sure it's better because the theatrical cut leaves the audience with more just it's more in their interpretation of like what's going on. You can kind of, there's more to discuss with the director's cut. There's way more just handholding and it's way more just, yes, this is what's happening. This is what, exactly what I wanted to happen. Uh, so he just, yeah, he pretty much flat out says what, what's going on. And there's even literally pages yeah. of the time travel book that you can see um, on screen. So, and even with the director's commentary, he just full up, flat out confirms it. And the, the, he does the commentary with Kevin Smith, so that was actually oh god, cool. really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Why I wanted to listen to it because Kevin yeah. Smith like loves the movie, and he was so confused after he first watched it. So he had a lot of input to say. Um, I just asked him questions that we were all kind of all thinking. So uh, if you really want to understand Donnie Darko, the director's cut is definitely there for you, and just to kind of get the full on answers but the theatrical cut is a better movie for sure and the theat- and with the director's cut it's two hours and 12 minutes or so and you can really feel that it's just deleted scenes added to the movie and i don't like it feels when they too do long that. yeah it just it feels too long for the sake of being too long remember i don't know if you guys have seen it but there's like a super size like anchorman 2 movie it's where they just oh my included God, it's so bad. deleted it just scenes and it's like going. this is just it's not that bad but like I, I like it when an, a director's cut maybe even does like di- has like a whole different edit, um, but not just including the deleted scenes that you can just tell it's like okay I totally get why that was deleted. Um, but the the one thing that I did like about the difference with the director's cut and the theatrical cut is the uh, they swapped out music because he couldn't get the rights to use certain um, music uh, in the theatrical cut. So in the director's cut, he had like the free liberty to, I guess, use whatever he wanted. Like so soundtracks? It, it opens up, yeah, because you remember the opening in the theatrical cut when he is riding his bike back to his house? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's playing this like a, a classic 80s song, but they use a whole different song. So it's kind of like a, a different vibe, in a sense, in different scenes. But I, like I said, theatrical cut is, I think, the version to watch. It's, it's better, but yeah. We should definitely try to break down this whole like interdimensional universe thing. So, cause I really didn't realize it was happening until again, watching explain videos. This is just one of those movies that it's like enemy. It's like, uh, <laughs> I well, mean, what did you guys arrival think was happening as you were just watching it. Um, I, I truly thought it, it was hallucinations and stuff. I did not realize the universe, like the multi-universe stuff at all. I, I until like the end, when you see kind of like the black hole forming, then it kind of starts to like, materialize a little bit in your head we're like wait what the fuck is that but like it's they don't ever like in your again like the theatrical cut they don't force it into your head because at the end he's just kind of like smiling at the sky and apparently doing some sort of telekinesis and then he's just in his bed and laughing and dead so it's it's you don't really know it just seems like it's confusing it's very confusing um so it 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 takes some explaining and spoon feeding i guess a little bit after the fact. Well, I I like the whole multiverse type of thing, but I also like how part of it it's 
just kind of a mystery because these people in the town, they don't know who's doing these things. As far as they know, there's some criminal out there doing this. And the whole time, instead of a movie going, oh, we're going to, who did it? Is it this or is it this person? No, we know who it is the whole time. And the fact that the other people don't, it's really intriguing because it's like we see it right in plain sight. We know who's doing this. It's like these people are almost there. They've almost figured it out. But he's so good at just playing it off as, oh, I'm just... I'm just Donnie Darko. I just I go to my therapy sessions and whatnot. Like I'm I'm not important in this right. world. And That's yet it. he's basically the reason that the world is the way it is. But my mind just started racing towards the end because I'm trying to like connect what's happening and what part of the stories in one universe and then the new universe where that starts. Because from the beginning, when he avoids getting hit by the engine, that's mm. like one storyline. And then I think at the end where he's sitting there laughing, that's like, oh God, I don't know. It's like, it's a different... I can give you the answer to that. Um, different world. I, I can give you the answer, but it's obviously it's based off a lot of other people's interpretations and opinions. It's not my opinion. It's just what I've come to understand researching the film um i think whenever he is sleepwalking he's in the tangent universe so that that's kind of his gateway to be in another universe so obviously like in the beginning what do you mean tangent universe so the alternate universe as if like the in the entire universe where the engine falls onto jake gentleman when he's sleeping and he dies and this other when he is out of his room alive and yeah and alive so there's two different universes the one where he didn't die is the tangent universe because that's where the movie takes place and that's where the movie takes place because frank that's when you see the the, the inception of frank when he's mm-hmm. basically like if you don't fix this out of basically there was like a snap and and uh, a crack in reality uh, if you see the show like Loki, like there's been like a snap in like the the timeline, and like now we're going down here, and if you don't fix this and correct this, the whole universe is going to blow up. And that's why he's like 28 days until the end of the universe. So it's like you. And have that's like, one thing that was, I was always eluded because right. I'm like, if the world's supposed to end, we never see. I, I never saw anything that hinted at it other than the sky going black and the wormhole or whatever was going on. Yeah. Yeah. But other so, than that, I just had a hard time deciphering what universe he was in at certain points and the thing with the jet engine is because you see the engine go from one line to the other because it falls off of the mom's plane right in one universe and it goes in the wormhole and he doesn't die so there's actually three there's three jet <laughs> engines. And this is going to really, really be annoying. But there's one jet engine that never leaves the plane. There's one that falls on him, and there's one that doesn't fall on him. And, like, the glitch in the Matrix is kind of at that moment that creates the Tangent Universe in the first place. And then that's where the whole movie plays out, I think. Because it's either he's there or he's not there. Right. And, and then there's the situation where the, the, it just doesn't fall off at all. Um, and then I think that what he's trying to to avoid is the destruction of everything right so if he doesn't complete this mission of sending the jet engine down to kill him then 
everything's destroyed because that's what Frank is saying is okay the world the universe is going to be destroyed in 28 days whatever if you don't complete this mission exactly and and that's why he was kind of laughing as he was walking back into his room because that was him kind of just accepting like that's what he had to do he's like this is what really like this is my my fate like (laughs) he's like a chosen vessel to save everything like wow because like if he hadn't done that then his love uh would Gretchen. still be alive, Gretchen. Yeah, yeah he was. She'd still be alive if he goes and sacrifices himself, and also his mother and sister, because they were in the plane that would have gone down. Um, so that's basically his sacrifice to save his loved ones. So he's in his. He is the chosen person to somehow save the universe because of the crack that happened with the jet engine. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a whole ambitious swing for the fences idea. And it's really fucking weird how when you rewatch the movie, there are moments where it's like, okay, it's kind of explained. The director's cut really will explain it for you. But I, I just really like the um, just how like, mysterious it was. And also the movie was touching on so many different themes as well, like coming of age and uh, teenage rebe- uh, adolescence and rebellion and stuff like that. And uh, I did see and, a- yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's a theory that I saw in a YouTube comment that I was like, holy shit, that actually makes a lot of sense. Because, like, the way that the movie's set up, it kind of goes full circle where you start out where he's on this mountain, like, laying in the middle of the road. Because he's waking up from one of his – he's waking up from sleepwalking, probably going into uh, the transient universe. And then at the end, he's going back to the same location, and he kind of completes his mission. So who's to say that he hasn't – I know. I'm so sorry that it tastes bad, Spencer. It's not. It's. I think I drank that on the disc golf course and it was horrible. But, um, I think that he's almost living in a loop or like a Groundhog Day loop, where he's he theoretically could have done this an could infinite be. amount of times, but this time he's finally successful, and that's why you see such like a look of relief on his face in that moment. And then the judge falls through, and then we're back in the house again, and then. We see the reactions from all these people he's interacted with in the tangent universe, and they're still like kind of slightly affected by what happened. Like you see Frank, and he's like, "Oh, why do I want to touch my eye right now?" or whatever like that. And then like Gretchen is waving at the mom, and she seems to have this sense of recognition where she recognizes her, but she doesn't know why. So somehow people are being affected through the other universe, but they don't understand the reasoning behind it. There's so much. <laughs> There's so much in this movie is, to break down. That's just down. a couple of theories. Right. You could still watch this movie and have an entirely different theory of what's really happening, too. Because that's what's so interesting about this movie, and it's why it was made and edited like this. Uh, it's why they didn't release the director. The director's cut, apparently, was uh, what was screened at Sundance for the, for the world premiere. Oh, really? And then when it finally came out, um, because originally... It, because of the low budget, uh, this was just going to go straight to DVD or go like a streaming original for Stars Channel on like back in two thousand one. This Gross. would have been like one of the first streaming originals, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because of yeah. uh, it didn't have like a uh, a lot of money to market and release in cinemas. And actually, Chris Nolan was one of the people that was kind of helping out to secure a cinema release. And also, Drew Barrymore came in with a lot of money and was like, "Okay, I'll help finance it." Um, really? okay. So that was kind of between those two people that's why this movie was able to get seen by more people but they edited they re-edited for the theatrical cut and it's so ambiguous and so up to your interpretations which is so much fun go ahead i i had 
something that went through my mind as the credits started rolling. And stop me if it sounds too out of the ordinary, but this is what I thought. I, in one of these universes, the guy who is Frank, is he a serial killer? Because in the end where he's in his room, there's a body. Is there? I'm 90% sure because you can see like in the background, almost like a woman's bare chest. And it looks like it's covered in blood. And then it pans over to Frank as he's sitting there. And then it shows the mask. And he's drawing images of Frank too, right? Yeah, but I'm like I didn't 90%. see the body, but I would definitely I'm definitely curious to rewatch that scene. I don't know why I didn't look because why else would he? Yeah, the what's the significance of Frank other than just being a guy who runs? He was the one that killed Gretchen because he was driving the car and at, yeah, out of retaliation, Donnie shot him through the eye and killed him. Um, so maybe because Frank is dead. He's able to know what's happening, hence why he's able to tell Jake Gyllenhaal There's what's some... happening. Yeah, so maybe because Gretchen is dead and Frank is dead, those three are all at the cinema together. Technically, maybe they're all there in Tangent Universe trying to help Donnie complete his mission together? I don't know. Because they all are victims of what happened. Of something. Yeah. 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 So I'll have to look back on the Frank thing. Cause I... Yeah, because they're all together in that cinema. That's like the one kind of significance I'm going to because there's the, yeah uh, like they're all working together to put him in the right place and even with Gretchen are... and Donnie with their dialogue and them like trying to accomplish their tasks it's it's yeah I don't know there's so and much going de- on here and it's definitely another universe or at least a different timeline because at the end Gretchen the kid goes did you know him and she goes no who was it yeah. and so I'm sitting there like. Okay, that Before kind of met. verifies the different, like, the multiverse type of thing. Because, obviously, we see the one line where they're dating and whatnot. But then in this one, they don't. So, it's it just it, the way that they the story plays out, because you see it from beginning to end. But the end is a replay of the beginning. And it's like... It's I don't know. I don't know after, if I'm making it more confusing the, or It's like a replay after the dust has settled, I think, of of Donnie trying to accomplish his mission that he's it's been like set this out is upon. what was actually meant to happen. Everything that you've seen up until the last ten minutes was all pre premeditated by Frank. And then at the end right. we actually see what should have happened the day that he woke up on the street. And because of that, they, I mean, this movie uses music, uh, very, very well. And they are playing like Mad World. Oh my God. During that time or during that scene. So not it's a better a great song use of, ever uh, used in any movie. Like <laughs> song, literally yeah. one of the best for sure. Yeah. It's, it's great. But I mean, throughout the, the whole movie, I mean, they have like Duran Duran and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. other stuff. So yeah. But why did Patrick Swayze have to be a pedophile? That's the one well, thing about this thing is because of this new universe, the one that's like meant to be his. Um, why did he to be a pedophile? Yeah, like his pedophile <laughs> disgustingness yeah. was is never going to be revealed and see the light of day. 
well, that we know of because Donnie's the one that exposed that and now he's dead and, it, and this was before that's all exposed maybe he doesn't so exist he would in the go first on giving the real world yeah that's so instead he's gonna go on doing all this happiness bullshit on fear and love and whatnot and ugh. He's definitely yeah. supposed oh, to it, represent Donnie. Satan, and then John Johnny is supposed to represent some sort of like religious icon, like Jesus or something, because it's it's the context between fear and love, and then Donnie's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie <laughs> is when he's like, "There's a fucking middle ground here, like it's not just one or the other," and mm-hmm. he's trying I to like, like that. preach that to the to this fucking brainwashed teacher. It that almost reminds bitch. me of like Meg when she gets the mumps in that episode of Family Guy <laughs> when she's on the the uh, the Kurt Cameron channel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all yeah it, that's kind of what it reminded me of I'm like no there's more to fucking life than that Patrick like it's fucking bullshit fear and love my ass and then he's like breaking down Ling Ling trying to steal the wallet and sh- it's that's an amazing scene especially that was Seth great Rogen. yeah yeah that was very nice and also during uh, the uh, the preaching on stage at the school and Donnie asks that question oh, that kind of goes off and just yeah. tells him puts him in his place and then he goes, and he kind of hints at, like, because John, you just said with Patrick Swayze being the devil, yeah. Donnie says it right then. He goes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're the Antichrist. Right. It's like, and everyone's like, oh, God, how dare him? Do you think Frank told him, or I say tell, Frank doesn't talk a whole lot, but do you think Frank told him that Patrick Swayze had that child porn thing? And he made him set it on fire so that the police would find it. That could have been part of it. I mean, he, I think. But then it wouldn't matter because it would go into another universe where that doesn't happen. See why what does, I mean? It's does, like one does universe Frank, does one thing. And... Why does Frank make him commit the crimes? I wonder if it's because like the only way to make this happen, I think of like Doctor Strange and Endgame, right? Is like there has to be a predetermined path of events that lead to one particular outcome. So maybe they have to do all these random things that seem kind of out of place to have the outcome that saves everything. That's kind of how I look at it personally, where you have to have these predetermined weird things happening to have the one outcome that saves everybody. Or... And fucks Patrick Swayze in this case. (laughs) Or when Donnie is in the bed at the end and he's just sitting there laughing. Mm Mm-hmm. What if he's just seen all this happen? Like this whole movie, we've just seen it all. And then he's just sitting there laughing like, oh, this is what could have happened. And then boom. (laughs) God, that would be, that would be, Chris Bridges would hate that. He would. Yeah. Yeah, Cause it's, I like it more (laughs) confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't like that. Oh, it was all a dream. No, that was like day one. It's like, you better not write a movie like that. I do have one more theory here, and it has to do with Drew Barrymore's character. This is I'm trying to come up with my own theories. This was one of them. Um, you know how she gets fired for for teaching the way her methods, I guess, or something like that? Yeah, she was uh, yeah, yeah using a book that was controversial. Yeah, and then she writes... I forget exactly what she writes on the board, but it's like the cellar or... Cellar door. Oh, cellar door. It's like and the most the be- beautiful... Cellar door. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, when Gretchen walks in, she's like, okay, sit next to the cutest boy. So she's almost acting as like a protector for them to make sure that things go the way they're supposed to because her her, her last ditch effort the last thing she does before she leaves the school is write cellar door and that is kind of what leads to Gretchen's death like she's not trying to protect Gretchen she's trying to protect the timeline almost 
because unawaring probably unaware that it's happening yeah she's unaware that it's happening but without that kind of message clicking in donnie's head he might not go there and it might not lead to him killing frank and ultimately gretchen dying who are the two dead people the dead manipulated that help him through to make everything go the way it's supposed to go so drew barrymore is a pretty key part of this movie if you think about it it is she is and just the way Frank comes in and out and they do it so well. Cause we see Frank basically from the beginning, from the get go, mm-hmm. but we don't understand why he's there until almost the end. Yeah. And I think that's what will throw it threw me off because then once you finally see the guy get out of the car and it reveals, Oh my God, it's who we've been seeing this whole time. And then him shooting Frank was almost like, sealing it to the point where now as they move forward it's all gonna take place i don't know i'm having a really hard time gathering my words for this <laughs> it's a confusing one for sure it's probably one but of the it's very, really very good though but, to it's, talk about. but it's really good and the thing with like the the weird ectoplasm lifeline that you can see mm-hmm. and he always says well if you can see where the lifeline's gonna go doesn't that affect how of... you're going to make your decisions. And then the teacher goes, I can't have this conversation with you anymore. And it's like, why not? <laughs> That's almost like the <laughs> I could universe lose my job. Fighting, fighting back at him right there. Like uh, 11, 63 where <laughs> like the guy, he wants to tell him, but he can't. It's like, it's like the, maybe that's how I see it. Where he's like the universe fighting back where he's not going to get the answers that he wants. Spencer, do you have all the answers for us? <sighs> um. Well, yeah, with the director's cut, I mean, like I said, it just, flat out tells you what this movie is that is. is that cut streaming anywhere do you know uh, i don't believe so i i mean what was the length of the one that you guys watched on uh hbo was it an hour and 50 minutes 50 or something so? minutes yeah, yeah 53 yeah, maybe yeah cut. um and like i said i mean the director's cut isn't really worth it unless you really want to know more about the film uh i think drew barrymore's character is explored a little bit more as well like you know a little bit more about her character um but you know, I liked I, I I liked how it was so mysterious. He didn't know what was really happening throughout it, and you were kind of just mesmerized by how out there the movie really is. Um, and when the when finally everything's kind of coming together in the third act, and like Gretchen gets hit by the car, and uh, it's funny because like the guy that gets out of the car is uh, he's in a clown suit. He takes mm-hmm. off the the mask, and it's played by Fran Kranz who is the writer and director of Mass, but who's also the stoner in Cabin in the Woods. This is his film debut <laughs> okay, as well. Right, this movie right. just has so many w- random film debuts of a lot of people, so I don't know how they were able to pull this off, but it's kind of fun to, to watch this movie today and see so many people in cameo positions and basically glorified extras and be like, "What? why is Seth Rogen? <laughs> like, yeah. What? <laughs> like, Where did he come from? Actually, just uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's another one of the, the comments I saw on YouTube. The most upvoted comment was the most mind bending thing about this movie is that Seth Rogen's in it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like yeah, and that's he's like, I like your accurate. boobs. Totally. Yeah, like yeah. your boobs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like thanks. Cool. <laughs> but Gretchen was a, a a weird character, and I guess she's kind of similar to like a Drew Barrymore character. She's kind of there to get donnie to where he needs to be because she has this like bs backstory with her mother and stepfather that they never go into really 
Yeah. And I don't know if that's just there for for shits and giggles. That's just because she needed a character plot line or. Yeah. It might just be. I think a lot of this stuff is it has to be. It has to do with like the predetermined paths because you go back to like the, the stuff coming out of the ectoplasm in front of their chest. Like for him, it leads him to the gun that ultimately he uses to shoot Frank. So, and when he sees it with the other people, it's kind of just showing their path a little bit through the house. So, maybe meeting her is just another one of those instances of predetermined, and that the stories he tells her or she tells him about her life help lead to that. I don't know. It's a but lot. this movie's really fucking good. Like, <laughs> really good. Like, besides all this confusion and this and that and what could be interpreted, like, like you guys heard me. I think Frank's a serial killer. I, think that's, I don't know why. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I want to rewatch that scene to see if I can find the the body that you mentioned because that's interesting and that's a that'd be cool. If they do that I was there. watching and because he's sitting in like a dark bedroom or something, he's sitting on the floor after he's drawn all his stuff. But I could have sworn like just in the back corner, you just see the this body unless it's a mm. poster or something and it just blends in because it's a dark room type of thing. But I'm sitting there going, why else would this guy have this really creepy mask that he has hand-drawn if he wasn't using it for something other than Halloween? Yeah, why is he coming up with the... First of all, the like, who wears that on Halloween? Unless there's, like, some weird thing he's yeah, doing. I everyone had some interesting uh, costumes. And like, most people when... have normal costumes except Frank. So why is he the one in this super fucking weird costume? Like, someone Nick's was... Fucking... Like, like uh, Donnie's friends were, like... Uh, Hulk Hogan and like normal stuff that you wear to a Halloween party and then here's Frank <laughs> as <laughs> a creepy ass bunny uh, this movie just I think I might go as Donnie Darko for Halloween this year just get a uh, one of those like bones x-ray t-shirts and t-shirts. like gray hoodie that's sick yeah. I like that actually yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play go I'll be great. Patrick Swayze's character. <laughs> be and I'll just yeah, preach preach fear and love <laughs> and then in my back pocket. No. You know what? I was gonna go somewhere, but I'm forget it. I don't want to be Patrick Swayze's character. Do you, <laughs> you guys carry around a PC full of child pornography on it? Okay, see that's what no, I was trying don't, to avoid. We, don't, okay. we well, do not have to go that far. <laughs> <Sorry>. Um <laughs> No, but, I'm Patrick Swayze from Donnie Darko. I think, I think the more we've talked of, about it, the more it just hasn't like made sense. No, <laughs> so, it hasn't. It hasn't. But, there's just so many different interpretations with the movie, which makes it so fascinating. It makes it so much fun to revisit and rewatch because I, I watched it twice in the last week, and it was a lot of fun. So I could watch it again. To be completely honest, I could sit through it oh, again yeah, and without question focus on certain things after talking about it. I can give my final thoughts if you guys want, real quick here. Go for um, it. I think this movie, it's kind of meant to be beyond, like, human understanding. Like, we're not... Even Donnie, even in the director's cut, like, you're not meant to have all the answers, I don't think. Like, even in that scene that Nate mentions in the theater, um, where it's like, why are you wearing that human skin or whatever? It kind of, I feel like in my mind, alludes to the fact that this being that's carving Donnie's path isn't necessarily human it, it could be something from like the fourth dimension or fifth dimension like interstellar stellar level type stuff it's it's a lot um but there's a lot of moving parts with this movie trying to understand everything is is fascinating i love movies like this where you kind of have to just like sit down and try to decipher it 
time travel, almost like some coming to age, schizophrenia, a lot of horror elements. Like there's some really cool stuff at play here. It's a crazy one. I mean, we went through an hour of a podcast here and we're still confused. It's even with all the explained videos and director's cuts and I'm sure Spencer watching special features and whatnot, but I loved it. I really, really like this movie a lot and I would like to explore it some more. I feel like we could talk for another hour about this movie and still be confused, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go four out of five. Donnie Darko. Very, very good. Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Those are amazing. Maggie Gyllenhaal movie. (laughs) They're in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Um, Yeah. It's funny that they cast both of them uh, because it's very fitting, but they almost didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Nate, what are your uh, final thoughts on a grade? This movie, though confusing and could be considered intimidating as far as like themes and whatnot, it's just a fucking great movie. And I looked for the Arrow box. I don't have a 4K player, so I would have gotten just the Blu-ray box. But the Blu-ray was actually 16.97 at Scarborough. Like just wow. the brand new Blu-ray of it. Uh, it was pre-owned, but it looked good. It looked good. Yeah. No, I would, and I would definitely pick this up. This is one of those movies that feels like the early 2000s. It just has that aesthetic to it. That fucking clown is creepy. No, clown, bunny. Okay, Frank. Um, yeah, Frank, get off the screen. Thank you. No, no, that's not, that's not better. Okay, thank you. Um, but I kind of want to go as Frank for Halloween, um, and just walk around town, but, this movie just it makes you think so much but it doesn't make you feel stupid for not knowing because it's got enough of just a straight through storyline to keep you entertained Mm -hmm. but then for like the cinephiles that want to do deep dives into it like we're doing it's just it's like candy just candy that we can just eat up all the time because there's just so much going on and so much to learn and it feels like the the minute we solve it quote unquote solve it it uh comes out with something new so i am going to give this movie a four and a half out of five um (laughs) just super solid and it for you guys can't see this but they just keep zooming in and i can't do that so i'm just getting closer to the screen i get i only have a 35 millimeter on looks like spencer's got like Um, a fucking hundred or some shit (laughs) But yeah, four and a half out of five. Awesome, awesome movie. Whenever I can see the Arrow box at Bull Moose for a relatively decent price, I will be picking it up. If that says anything. <laughs> if they if they release a, a a Blu-ray with Seth Rogen as the cover, like with Ashley Tisdale, <laughs> the kid from uh, iCarly, like if all of them, and then Josh just all the glorified extras. Yeah, yeah. I think I would. Sure. I would be more interested in that. Because I would, I would showcase that on like a Blu-ray shelf without question. Yeah, it is front and center on my Blu-ray <laughs> shelf on the top. It's literally just this. It's a really it's cool stacked on like top it, of a couple of Criterion's. Yeah, yeah. In terms of just like physical media, that's what we're here to hype over. Like we, we almost get off over physical media here. Um, oh, I do. Yeah, no, Nate, yeah. Phys- Nate actually does. But um, that that is quite the. I can't stop looking at Marty. Oh my god, yeah. Marty. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do actually have one thing to say about the Donnie Darko 4K Arrow edition. But before I get into that, I will do my final thoughts and grade. 
Uh, but I don't want to just echo everything that you guys have said because I think we are in agreement. This movie is just the definition of a mind fuck. And every time you watch it, you will yeah. you might get a different theory, idea of what is going on, and uh, something new to appreciate because... This is one of those movies that, like I have said many times, is just one for the fences. It was very ambiguous, and it works for some reason. <laughs> like, if you really yeah. want to dissect it, it, does. it honestly fucking works, and it's hilarious, because it, it shouldn't. <laughs> it's firing at all cylinders that this shouldn't work, and it kind of is. Um, so if you watch this movie once and you were so confused by it, I highly suggest rewatch this movie. It's worth it. It's definitely worth checking it out and discussing uh, like we just did. So I'm going to actually go four and a half out of five. Uh, this could be a five out of five one Damn, day. I feel like uh, I should raise but my But I'm very happy that I do have this addition. That being said, here is the one thing that I do want to get into with Arrow Video. Rumor Back has transfer. that they kind of rushed some of their uh, releases. And they had a huge issue with the theatrical disc of Donnie Darko. The frame rate is horrendous at times. It, like, shakes. Like, there's a weird, like, shakiness. And, like, it seems like as a movie, you're watching it, it should be 24 frames per second. It felt like there was some scenes that were exported in, like, 15 frames per second. It's like, what? Really? What is happening? It's, like, jittery and weird. And, like, the dialogue is all off. It's like, (laughs) was that weird just off? Was that just bad ADR? I looked it up. There's so many different Reddit threads about replacement discs. Arrow released a whole bunch of statements saying, like, if you have any issues with your theatrical 4K disc, let us know. We'll send you a replacement disc. So I actually do need to look into this and get a replacement disc. Wow. Because the theatrical cut at times was horrendous i didn't do it the whole time it only did it maybe for a couple of scenes but when those scenes did happen it was very noticeable and it was just like what is happening but the director's cut version no issue that was fine um but yeah and it could be the low budget but the transfer itself didn't look amazing looked maybe like a like a good blu-ray but um yeah it wasn't anything to be like wow like i wouldn't be like Oh, you've never seen a 4K movie? Let me put in Donnie Darko so I can showcase what this movie looks sure. like. On 4K. It's it not doesn't one of seem movies. like it the has movie to that would need it. The low budget production value with how they shot it with the cameras and the film stock they had. So it's it's not a fault on they did the best the job with they did the best they could with the transfer, but um, it's like with like Halloween, the original Halloween or Blair Witch Project. It's like why would you even bother getting that in 4K? There's only so many good scans you can get of the original negative so i mean it is what it is it is what it is donnie darko boys we made it through donnie darko it's worth another podcast under our belt it is worth it for sure um donald darko the third (laughs) yeah yeah, sure it's his father's name i don't know well that uh that was donnie darko those were our thoughts uh if you haven't seen it i don't know why you even bothered listening to this episode but if you want to rewatch it after listening to this discussion uh hopefully you have an hbo max account because that is where you can stream it and watch it for free or just with your subscription um or else you can go and buy the arrow edition but just be careful because of that disc issue just know what you're getting yourself into um but next week we are back to john's picks and if you listen to our Collector's Corner preview episode, you will know that the episode is 16 Candles. 
a movie that you've never seen before. One of the most iconic and famous romance films of all time. Let's go, dude. Yeah. You've never seen it. Big blind spot. You like romance films. So uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting discussion next week. This is going to be a fucking five out of five. I can guarantee you. Uh, Molly Ringwald (laughs) is also not streaming, by the way. So either pick up the Blu-ray or you can get it on Apple TV or Amazon for a three ninety nine rental. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah, so come back next week. September 22nd. For our discussion of 16 Candles. Three dudes talking about 16 Candles. Who Let's go. Meant? We're all going to be um, shirtless for that episode, too. Okay. Because it's a very manly episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll take a shot of testosterone boosting, too, as well. So, Let's go. Yeah. Too late. Yeah, uh, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Those Movie Dudes on your favorite platform. Uh, if you have an Instagram, make sure you follow us on Instagram to get notified whenever we post an episode. You can participate in our movie trivia, and you can see our physical media collection. Nate just bought a whole bunch of new movies from Bull Moose, so I'm sure he will post a nice little photo of that for you guys. So uh, stay wow, tuned was... for our Instagram post of that. And that's all for me. That's all for Ducky. So quack, quack, and a toodles. All right, that's Toodaloo's from Mainstream Boy as well. Can't wait to see you next week. There is this woman waiting in the doctor's office, waiting for test results. The doctor walks in and goes, well, you're going to be eaten for two. And she goes, I'm pregnant? And he goes, nope, you have tapeworm.